The Prime Minister of Solomon Islands, Manasseh Songovare, says the Melanesian nation seeks cooperation and understanding concerning its security needs. In a much-anticipated parliamentary address about a security pact with China, Mr Songovare says the Solomon Islands will not forget the assistance of the government and peoples of Australia and New Zealand. He says the long-time partners will remain close in our hearts as partners of choice in difficult times. But he says the two nations need to understand the needs of the Solomon Islands. He says Pacific countries have a collective duty to keep the region safe. And discussions in the Australian public media encouraging the invasion of Solomon Islands to force a regime change, Mr Speaker, does nothing to strengthen our bilateral relations. When a helpless mouse, Mr Speaker, is cornered by, a, by vicious cats, Mr Speaker, it will do anything to survive. Addressing the leaking of the draft MOU with China, Manasse Songovari says it was done by lunatics and agents of foreign regimes, saying they had no regard for secrecy. He says the Solomon Islands finds it insulting to be branded as unfit to manage its sovereign affairs. He says the country's security needs are informed by its national interest to provide a safe, secure nation for all its citizens. In this context, Solomon Islands will seek partnership with friendly foreign governments. This is part of the vision of the national security strategy, especially in maintaining our security needs. But an opposition MP in Solomon Islands says the regional outrage concerning the leaked security pact between Beijing and Honiara is not an overreaction. The chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee and MP for East Areare, Peter Kenilorea Jr., says any security cooperation with a country that has no such arrangements in the Pacific will cause an uproar. He spoke with RNZ Pacific regional correspondent Kelvin Anthony. I think I think the uproar for me is understandable. When it comes to security issues, there are larger implications that come with that, including regional ones that can quickly turn into global ones. So um, when it comes to security pacts with a country that perhaps has no such security uh, pacts in the region, it'll cause a bit of an uproar. I can understand where that's coming from. The opposition leader, Mr. Matthew Wallace, said that the prime minister's action is threatening national security. Do you agree with that? In terms of that, there are very strong feelings on the ground terms of uh, who our security security partner of choice can be, but definitely who it shouldn't be. This is, this is quite strong uh, feeling on the ground in terms of the kinds of partner we have uh, as a security partner. So there are certain segments in society in, in the Solomons uh, that are very much against um, CCP, communist China, and they have made that very clear, particularly in the Malaita province, uh, where they have their own communique stating very clearly that they are not wanting to do with anything to do with the CCP, even even in development uh, arena. So that will even be more heightened uh, in the security arena. Uh, it has also been said that the, the public's trust in the, in the government has been diminishing over time. So what does this do? I think the manner in which um, decisions have been made um, have not been transparent. There was no clear mandate coming out of the last election about all of these very important and um, quite serious moves and implications for the country as well as for the region. So um, People are caught unaware of these kinds of um, serious decisions that are made uh, on their behalf. They were not aware of even during campaign. So as a democratic country, uh, when a government does huge decisions,
decisions like like this that has um, implications it'll it'll cause it'll cause a lot of distrust politicians are already not the most trusted folks already to start off with uh, but in the solomons i think it's just has gotten to a new level distrust and the gulf uh, between the government and the people that it's uh, governing has widened considerably processes uh, to which decisions are made have added to that now australia and new zealand have come out and said that this security pact between china and the solomon islands is very concerning and in some experts saying that this is China filling in a vacuum that uh, Australia and New Zealand perhaps cannot uh, fulfill. Do you think that is in in a manner true or, or is it is it an overreaction from Australia and New Zealand? Well, I think I think when it, when it comes to Solomon Islands, you know, it is not it's not an over overreaction. Uh, they spent millions of dollars in Ramsey to get Solomon Islands back on track on on something that Solomon Islanders ourselves did. Uh, and that was millions of dollars of their own taxpayers' money. So after that, Solomon Islands signed a security treaty with with Australia. That security treaty came into effect the first time it was used was last November during the riots that happened. Uh, the government uh, triggered uh, the mechanism for Australia to come in and and those those are already working but we know that when it comes to the security issue the arena uh, spheres of influence those issues become a big big part of uh, decisions and uh, for Solomon Islands experience um, and the amount of money that has been spent over 14 years to get the country back up and and um, and to have this kind of a decision made by an untested partner uh, in the region is is going to be concerning and uh, I can understand where they're coming from. I always say in development partners can have a a hand in the developing a nation in terms of donors, but I think when it comes to security uh, there's a whole different um, complications that come with your your partner of choice. Uh, historically Solomon Islands was never in the non-aligned movement. You know the NAM that was a construct of the Cold War. Solomon Islands was always aligned. It was always aligned towards the allies, the victors of World War II, and that was the case. Solomon is one of the few big countries in the region that has never been in the non-aligned movement. The Solomon Islands had uh, you know swapped it from from Taiwan to, to China and so China was saying that it, that switch is you know it's no strings attached do you think now it's coming to fruition like perhaps the real intention of that switch and what China was expecting yeah you know I, I was one of those um, persons that was quite cautious very cautious and warning the government not to rush into switching and think about it properly I made that um, call not out of just um, a whim uh, but I've been following China's um, having spent 18 years at the United Nations and I've seen the aggressive uh, aggression that China uh, has um, has become uh, the aggressive power that it has become um, ICJ decisions international court of justice are not being followed um even when they go against them especially in the Scarborough Islands out of Philippines uh, that was very clear to me that China uh, was uh, changing to a more aggressive partner so when we switched um it was something that i knew was coming and immediately after we switched you would have recalled that uh, there was a lease that was signed uh, between the central province and a chinese company the sam group of china that was for tulagi tulagi is very strategic to solomon islands it's the first capital of solomon islands the british were there it's got a deep seaport potential and that was very clear for me that the intentions right from the start had been about security and strategic moves on the part of china and um solomon islands now unfortunately definitely did not perhaps read too deeply into that or perhaps, perhaps there were some leaders who knew all about this all along uh, and decided to make a switch and decided to switch allegiances as well and align uh, to a new um, 
untested uh, partner. After that, we had the $100 billion uh, that was supposed to be um, a deal coming in to, from China to, to Solomon Islands, $100 billion. The Minister of Finance signed off on that. These are big, big issues um, that, for me, point towards a very aggressive China. I wasn't, I wasn't surprised at all in terms of what was happening because uh, I knew that this was coming in the pipeline. Now it's, it's just still jarring to see a draft. I mean, while I expected that, for me personally, it was very jarring to read some of the things in the draft and to see how Solomons don't have much of a sway according to that draft. Um, we don't have any protections in terms of uh, what we were getting ourselves into. What needs to be done to make this right? I just really hope that the draft is really in draft, still in draft. Because if something is already signed and we have already committed, uh, then it changes the whole dynamic. This is something that I'm, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that um, the draft wasn't leaked too late. You know, it still is not signed, that uh, we can have a much more clearer discussion. Hearing the responses from the government so far are very simplistic responses and seem to be very naive about the implications of such a treaty, not just for Solomon Islands, for the region uh, and, and the global you know, spheres of influences. That was Solomon Islands opposition MP Peter Kenilaria Jr.